0: Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, Steve Hall.
1: Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. My name is Steve Hall. I'm the director of the Mustang Owners Museum. Today's guest is Randy Reem. He is the founder of the Boss 302 Registry and I'd like to welcome Randy to the podcast.
0: Well, thank you. I want to make one slight correction. I'm one of the founders of the Boss Street 2 Registry. Todd Eby and I worked together to come up with keeping track of the bosses, much like the Shelby Club did. So we are I'm actually a co-founder, but over the years, I probably took uh, the driver's seat more as Todd wanted to be more in the back seat and just Help out. He doesn't like being around crowds, so I think that's why I became known as the registry with, you know, because I'm the one willing to go to car shows talk to people. I worked in the printing industry, so I did all the publishing of the books, and I just took charge of that. But I do want to give Todd some credit, and he still helps me work on it. We had some issues be- between uh, his life, and I had some issues in my life. We just didn't work on the registry much in the last couple of years. But uh, we're starting to get back on track, and we can talk more about that history at, at, at whatever point you're ready for that.
1: Obviously, with the Mustang hobby, there's a lot of the, – the Mustang itself has a lot of passion. But inside of that, I think what's very unique to the hobby or to the Mustang hobby is that you have folks that have a passion – It could be whether it's a certain car color, a certain generation of Mustang, certain type of performance of vehicles. In this case, of course, we're talking about Boss 302s. I think that's one of the neat things about Mustangs is kind of sets it apart from other, other types of automobiles, is that you can have overall passion for the car, but then inside of that, you've got more groups and individuals that are kind of, you know, getting other people that are involved with the same passion that they have. And they come, you know. It's, it's. I think sometimes it surprises people how many people are actually involved with a registry, uh. Whether it be color, whether it be t- in this case, boss 302. So how many members do you, or how many people do you have that are signed up to be on the registry? If you might, don't mind my asking. And does it also include the 351s and 429s?
0: Over the years, we've uh, we started with the boss 302s and. We tried to uh, we tried to work with uh, Steve Strange who's doing a Boston 429 registry or you know and he started his uh, registry uh, years before we did and he he had the uh, envision of printing a book and I kind of had an envision of printing a book and I kind of wanted to include him with us but he kind of wanted to do his own thing but I don't think he ever really printed a book, and I don't know that he really ever pursued the the registry on his part. So about 10 years ago, we got uh, a fellow – well, actually, it's probably about 12 years ago – a fellow here in in, uh, Pennsylvania, Joe Spinelli, who has a big passion for Boss 429s. And he started a database, so he didn't want to call it a registry to conflict with Steve Strange's uh, project. But we felt it important to keep track of the Boss 429s as well and have a printed book for people to have. So Joe does the Boss 429s, and I forget who was doing the Boss 351s back in the 80s, and he wanted to do his own thing. He didn't want to be uh, in touch or print a book with somebody else. And then different people took hold of the Boss 351 registry. And Right now, I think it's uh, Rick Wybera, uh, who's who's doing one. And he's doing his own thing, too. So we always let other registries be their own thing. We don't want to interfere. But if they want help or want to to be included, we have no problem with that. I I, I don't make money off the registry. I do it as a hobby, as a passion. And uh, when we print books, we pretty much just cover the the cost of the books, what we charge for them. And if I have any extra money, I buy a new computer to keep track of the Boss 302s. So I think it's important for people to know that this is just a hobby for me, and I try to do as much work on it or try to help people with looking for a car, looking up history as much as I can when I have time, but I want them to realize it is a hobby for me. I don't get paid, so it's not like, well, I'm paying you to do this job. Why aren't you doing it? And I could drag my feet for a few days because I have other things I'm doing. but. I do get back to the people, and I will follow through with everything at some point. Just, you know, you, sometimes life gets busy. And uh, I don't know if you knew some of the stuff that happened over the, the past couple of years of my life.
1: Uh, no, I'm not, to be quite honest with you. So uh, if you'd like to you know, share a little bit of that information, please
0: do so. My brother, my only sibling, was killed on his motorcycle in a carpool lot in front of him about two and a half years ago. And that mm-hmm. changed my life. My wife was an only child. I had a brother. Our family small. And that was a big chunk of our life just changed. My father-in-law was having health issues. Uh, my wife and I, we bought a house up the street so we could move him in to be closer. My wife was uh, an RN. And uh, she you know, was prepared to take care of him you know, when, when she could. And he got really sick uh, about four or five months after he moved in. He was in the hospital for about two months and we brought him home and he eventually passed away after a few weeks. So that changed that part of our life. And then my wife had to deal with his estate, which was uh, very time consuming. And then uh, we moved my mom into the house, you know, to take care of her cause she was starting to get, you know, she's older. And then uh, back in May, we were up at my father's cabin, cleaning it up, just taking care of things. And my wife passed away unexpectedly. I left for an hour and a half to get something fixed, came back, found her unconscious, called the lifeline. They came, got her, and she, you know, she they took to her to the hospital, but there was you know, no hope. So, of course, losing my wife of 43 years changed my life tremendously. And, you know, I... I I, did, I really didn't want to do a lot of things, and the registry was one of the least things I was concerned about at the time, sure. based on just all the stuff that happened in my life. You know, you, get, you start thinking uh, what's important in life, and family became really important. We've always been a close-knit family. We never had family issues, but I started to, you know, family's more important now, and start taking care of things, and... Once I got to the holidays, it was it was a little rough, you know. My brother's not around anymore. My wife wasn't around. And, you know, it's just a handful of us. I have a son and a daughter. We got together, and uh, I just decided I'm going to start moving on with life. And I felt get getting back into the registry again, which uh, you know I'm doing full force now, and going to car shows and just doing stuff and just getting out there. And I just want to move on with life. Yeah, you know, I want to start a new chapter in my life. So. The last two, two and a half years were a little rough on me, and I want to apologize to all the Boss 302 people out there for not being on top of things, but, but fortunately, I have a our web administrator who took care of the website and took care of the message board or the blog board, whatever you want to call it. We call it a message board, and he has a passion for Boss 302s. He has a Boss 302 Cougar, and he worked at Ford Motor Company, so uh, he took over that part. So that's uh, the stuff that happened in my life recently. I want to move on now. I'm not sure what else I can uh, elaborate on that. But do uh, uh, you have any questions on? Well, what no. I, I mean,
1: well, I, I, well. To be honest with you, obviously, after hearing your story, you know, I'm it kind of hit. Um, I hate to say this, and I, I, guess I should. A good friend of the uh, Ford World in this in this area of, of North Carolina. As you say, life unfortunately sometimes happens in the wrong way, and you have to adjust for it. But a gentleman who had been basically the originator of the Ford Owners Association of the Carolinas, and he'd run the he had run the, uh, had, uh, run the club, I want to say twenty years at least or so. Basically, if you had a Ford, everybody in the area knew a gentleman by the name of Buster Moore. In fact, just while sitting here, I've gotten three more texts from other people. But unfortunately, he passed away this morning from COVID. Oh, and in right. and, and, and listening to your story, and I'm not trying to compare stories at all by any means, but what it does, the common denominator is that life happens to us so quickly and so fast. And it affects everybody differently, of course. But the key is, is that you know his passion was Fords, and I'm sure we're going to create something here that'll be a, a memorial for him, so that in the years to come, his name just doesn't kind of you know it just it just kind of fades away, and you know it's it's no longer you know no longer a key because he was he was important into this area. He used to do a Ford shows that have you know two or three hundred cars. And these were all forts. It was trucks. It could be Mustangs, of course, but it could be Mavericks and Torinos and things of that nature. So to hear your story, it it just kind of it just kind of hit at that moment uh, a little bit. Uh, so, I, but again, with having a family like yourself, and then that happened, it does take an effect. It it cannot help. But sometimes I know people look at as uh, time goes by a little bit, they can kind of go back to some of the things that they they enjoyed doing prior, and obviously. Uh, and I think you know this, and I, and if people are listening that are not familiar with this, the Mustang world is a very close-knit group, and what I mean by that is that you obviously probably have hundreds, if not thousands of people who appreciate what you've done and where, where you're going or what you've done, and whether it'll be the, you know, hopefully in the future too, but they're all supportive. And you know, as you say, sometimes things life does get in the way of uh, life gets in the way of life sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know how else to also put it. It sounds kind of kind of strange, but you know, but fortunately, what comes out of it is it sounds you know you're you're kind of getting back to where that and hopefully and enjoying that. And I'm sure people understand that there's been that lag. Why there's been that kind of a you know. The downtime as it were so um, it, it happens in life we'll all we have all experienced it and we will experience it especially and I hate to say this and I'm not speaking for you because I don't know how old you are but I'm a few years away from 70 years old and so you're starting to realize yourself you know there's mortality here folks uh, a little bit and so uh, that's one and that's really I hate to say this and I'm not trying to compare again what you've gone through but that's one of the reasons why we've been able to try to have guests on who have had a uh, passion for Mustangs whether it be design engineering uh, clubs or events because but some of these folks are we're we're all getting older but yet we want to preserve that history we want to be exactly. able to, you know we want to be able to let people know hey here's who did this i mean i'm i'm working right now on with Ford trying to identify well who were the guys that were on the Fox body team and I get four or five names and that's it. And I'm sitting there going, there's got to be more than that. <laughs> and it's, they, the, you know, so they themselves are having to reach out and network to people to, to kind of help fill that. Because we want to get recognition. We feel it's important. And one of the things we want to do here is that when a person comes to the museum, we want them to understand whether a tried and true deep enthusiast or someone that has a Mustang but doesn't understand the passion that's there, we want to set us, we want to have so when they come here, and they can see that you know what there are clubs out there that are in your local area there's a national mustang club of america of course which is a sponsor to the museum but then you've also got as we as i spoke earlier you've got registries blogs for the color of your car the type of car and things of that nature so they can connect we want to be a connective oper- hub so to speak and so going into uh this coming year with the expansion of the museum uh, that we're going through, which will open up in April, the expansion will open in April. We want to be able to, so that people come and they say, you know, I've got a Boss 2. Well, great. Here, here, Here's what, you know, we, we want to know that so we can give you information to help you get more involved. And so uh, it's it's you know it's it's important. It's, it's just, but that's the hobby. That's how the hobby should be. And so um, you know we're we're excited to see that come about. Well, let's let's kind of change. Let's move in a little different direction. I know a couple years ago, and I'm I'm hoping you probably can shed some more information on this. A couple years ago, um, there was a little in a little town. I think I would say Kansas. Uh, they had a Boss 302 reunion. Correct.
0: It was Marysville. And uh, they had a, a Boss Nationals. We, we the registry, we had the, the reunions. We had the first reunion uh, back in Carlisle in 2005, and we had 225 Boss Mustangs show up, 302s, 351s, and 429s. At that time, that was the largest gathering of uh, Boss 429s ever since car craft days. So that was the first reunion. Then we did one a few years later in Oklahoma, and then we did another one in California. And then in 2011, we did another reunion in uh, Dearborn, Michigan, which Ford helped with the whole thing. The Boss 302s had just come out again in 2011, and I bought one, and it got shipped to me in time that I could take it out to that reunion. And they left us on the test track where the Boss 302s were designed and tested and Uh, It was right behind the plant, you know, right behind. uh, uh, What is it called, Rock? Oh, Flat Rock. Flat Flat Rock. Rock. Yeah. Yeah. I I I was drawing a blank. So that was a nice time. We went to the Roush Museum. Roush, you know, was uh, able to help us do some things, and that was in 2011. Then we did another reunion in 2018, 19.
1: I think it was 18. Yeah, I think it was. Oh, never mind. I could be wrong. I'm sorry. I'll stop. Yeah, I think 18 was Marysville, and yes, we did ours yes.
0: in 19. So okay. that's why we weren't really involved in the Marysville one, because most of the people that went to our reunions are from the East Coast up in this part of the country. Sure. And we want to keep following through with that. So we let them do their thing. And I, we helped promote it. You know, I, I wasn't real involved in it because it's their thing. You know, I let them do their own thing. Mm-hmm. So that, that was the difference between the Nationals and the Reunions. You know, those, those guys were doing something, and they're more Boss 51 based where we're more Boss 302 and Boss 429-based. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if they, they recognize what we do, and you recognize what they do. And they, they actually helped us at the 2019 out in Pittsburgh. Uh, they had some extra money that they made from their Reunion or their Nationals and they donated it to us to help uh, promote and uh, have a better reunion at Pittsburgh at the racetrack that we were at. So I, I got to give them kudos for that. You know, it was really nice that they did that. Uh, we never we never really made money at our reunion. So we never had, like, extra money that we could donate to anything. If we had a little bit, we'd donate to, like, the local Humane Society or uh, things like that. You know, try and help out local charities. Mm-hmm. So you know, and again, everything we do with the registry, and I and I say we, even though I'm in the driver's seat, there's a lot of people that help. Lisa Leatherly helped with uh, the reunions because she's a car organizer. Yep, I know, I know, Le- I know Lisa. Yeah, well, we I got to meet her at the 2005 reunion, which when we started talking to her in 2003 about having a boss reunion at uh, Carlisle, where where she was working at the time, I remember we first sat down to talk and. She said, uh, so realistically, how many cars do you think you can have come to this reunion? I said, I honestly think we can probably get around 100 cars. And she didn't say anything, but she told me after the whole reunion was done, after we had 225 cars show up, which she told me, she said, she thought I was hoping, she said, I was hoping you'd say at least 40 cars, because that's where they want to have, if they have something, they they want at least 40 cars. And she said, you said 100. She said, that made me think that you're, You either have a lot of connections or you're a go-getter. And uh, it just kind of worked out with our message board that, hey, we're going to have a reunion. People started saying, I'm going to come. And other people said, well, if you're going to go, I guess I got to go. And it just like snowballed. Everybody just had to come. And I told everybody, I don't care if your car is complete or not. In fact, I said, it would be kind of cool to have cars that are in the middle of restoration show up. And people were bringing bodies, you know, just a plain old body with like an engine sitting in it and displaying it. One guy, Rex, uh, uh, Rex Fields, I think his name was, he brought one. He had the engine uh, done. He had it on a stand. He had the car sitting there. And he had a really nice display. We put him inside a building because of the display he had. And it showed some restoration tips and things to look for because the car is incomplete. So it was a great demonstration of having cars of, you know, whether they weren't painted or they didn't have an engine, they just had a rolling chassis. And that's one of the, that's one of the reasons why we had so many cars show up, you know, because they weren't all pristine cars. And I thought that was really cool that we had that, it, include everybody, not just the people have like the perfect restoration, every nut and bolt's correct. You know, you want to include everybody and uh that's always been one of my goals to include everybody you know and it, i don't want it to be any kind of snobbish thing like you know if somebody has a car that they may have a custom paint job on and you look down on it you know it's still the car and you're more interested in the history of the car rather than how correct it is at the time
1: i uh i cannot agree with you more it's funny you you were talking about the gentleman about having cars and no matter what state or condition they're in. There's a uh, in, uh, at the end of October every year in our area we have what's called Foxtoberfest, and it is taking the Octoberfest and Foxbody Mustangs to a car show event. This past October, they had uh, over well over five hundred cars show up, but they do the same. In fact, one of the judged categories is car in most need of repair. And they actually have a winner, and the winner gets like a, I think I I want to remember I, I don't I'm I may be off on this, but I think they get a gift certificate for car parts, and so the guy that won it the year before brought the same car. With, with some more work done to it this year, and he won again. And I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if he's looking, trying to get his whole restoration from this car show, coming every year and getting a few more parts. And I'll tell you one other real quick story. I was actually one of the two directors that did the Mustang 50th anniversary here at Charlotte and Las Vegas. And I have to be honest with you. We had so many phone calls. I have a very special Mustang. Can you find a very special place for us where we can park it because it's this or that or what have you? And we we upset people because we told everybody we don't, we're not doing that. All the cars that come are just as special as the next one. Because exactly. you, you, you may have a passion for yours, but the guy that's got that Mustang 2 that is missing a fender or a cracked windshield and he's bringing it, that car is just as special to him. He's bringing it because he's going to probably fix it. He's going to restore it. I said, each one has sources. So there are really no cars. Yes, I mean, yes, you, you, you can look at VIN numbers. You can say this is a one of one or this is the car that did this. And so it makes it unique, but. The owner is just a special, and we we have some beautiful Mustangs here that are historical. They've got provenance, and we love to show show and share them and the story. and The owners are so giving; they want the car here so people can see it, because otherwise the car will go in a garage, and maybe in ten years it's seen twice. For two days you know kind of a thing they just don't bring it out so uh i i love to hear when car shows are like that because sometimes car shows do get a little little uh, too concoursey for me uh if you know what i mean is that they get too much about well you know we want the best of the best of the best and that is nice to have however that's not the hobby. The hobby is the passion that everybody has, every owner has, no matter what shape the car is in. So I think that's awesome. But speaking of events, well, then let's talk about what's, what is there anything coming up in 2022 that uh, enthusiasts maybe want to know about whether they have a car or maybe they want to go see the, sh- see the event themselves? But uh, is there anything planned for 2022?
0: Not as far as I'm concerned. I think the, the Marysville group is doing something. And I want to say they're doing it in Chicago. They're moving it up to Chicago to try and include another group of people. And I think it's making it easier. I know one of the complaints at the last one was it was in the middle of summer. It was hot. And, you know, you, you mentioned your age. Well, I'm going to be 66 years old soon. And, you know, all of us are getting older. And a lot of the guys that have been in the hobby for a long time and have cars for a long time, we're, you know, they're sixty, seventy years old, and they can't stand the heat quite as much. Right. And I heard that was one of the complaints that they had at the last Marysville show. It was just so stinking hot, and people couldn't be after cars. Everybody was looking to go to restaurants and hang out where it's air conditioned. And I think that's why they're moving to Chicago. But I, I I'm not totally sure. I, I just know that was probably the only complaint of the Marysville show was the heat. You know, which, you, when you're a car show, uh enthusiasts you can't or, or you put a car show on you can't control the weather you just oh. you just can't so you try and do the best you can based on the time of year you have it for where you have it and uh, that's why we we would always try and and uh carlisle wasn't probably one of the better ones because it usually rains during carlisle but we got lucky that year it didn't rain that much and we had we had good weather but it, it is a crapshoot you know you either you have rain or it can get hot and I think the Chicago show that they're having, I think it's indoors, if I'm not mistaken. Well that, so, that was certainly help. Yeah, that should help them. And I, I, so I, I'm pretty sure they're doing that in 2022, and well, based on I wasn't doing much with you know the registry or car stuff the last couple of years, I have nothing planned myself right now, and you really need to plan car shows about two years ahead of time yeah you, know, you can't just do it last minute you can't do it. hey, let's have a car show this summer you know, you just you can't do that
1: no you are you are absolutely correct. I mean I've been involved with a number of shows that I worked with m c a and some others and and to really put on well the fiftieth for example it was a two it was over two years we worked on that, but it was also many probably say the last seven eight months it was you know full time. That was the job full time uh, to put on events like that, because a lot of work goes into it. And unfortunately, a lot of people uh, don't recognize the amount of work that gets into it. Uh, you know, we, we've had had one guy make a comment that, you know, well, when we do our two when we do our car show, you know, we're, we're a little bit more organized. And because and, we had a long line going through registration. And I asked the gentleman, I said, well, how many cars do you have? And he says, well, 200. And I said, well, here at Charlotte, we have forty seven hundred. I said, there's just no other way around this. I mean, I wish we knew what it was. <laughs> but when you have 4,700, and most people, though, took that wait to get to their registration. They got to know the people standing next to them, and they started talking to people. And the next thing you know, they made new friends. So sometimes I think it's just the, you know having the attitude and the mindset. is like, hey, I'm here to have fun and enjoy. I'm not here to kind of, you know. Pick through everything and be negative about everything. Let's go. To, you should go to a car shows and have a good time. I, that's how I feel. But that's you know not everybody looks at it that way. Well, let me ask you. I, I always like to. I, we're, I like to at the end of the uh, pod, as we get towards the end of the podcast, ask you just a couple of same kind of questions we asked some of our other guests, and uh, just kind of get your input or your thoughts or a little bit more about you. Um and so well, I'm gonna ask this. This first one's gonna be a really dumb question because I probably already know the answer. But what is your favorite Mustang
0: of all time? Yeah. Or uh, one that I've owned?
1: No, no, no. Uh, well, your what would be your favorite Mustang d-
0: overall? Not necessarily well, you've owned. It. The uh, the Boss Three Hundred Two, because at the time, the, the 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 original ones were made. You know, the six nine seventy. That was the most complete race car you could buy off the off the showroom floor in the mustang 4 next to shelby you know that you unless you bought a 65 shelby you know i think the boss 302 was the the next best thing to buy in a race car on the street and ford did a good job of doing that to the new ones too so and i bought a new one to match my old one i have a, a, a calypso coral 69 boss 302 and i bought a competition orange 2012 and you know i got pair of twins out there which is kind of cool in the garage and both of them are uh, in stock form pretty closest to being a, a good race car you know you don't have to do a lot to be able to have fun with a car on any kind of track so the boss 302s are probably my most favorite car overall but my most favorite car that i've owned was a 66 uh, gt 350h you know, hertz model and at the time I had it, I think uh, the Shelby Club told me it was the, the lowest mileage Hertz car that they knew about. I sold it, it went to somebody else. And uh, the current owner is Tony Lucci up in uh, Long Island. And he provides cars to movies. And that car was used in War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise. So if you ever watched uh, War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise in the, the beginning, he drives a Hertz car. That used to be my car. I'll be darned. So that's why it, and it was a fun car to have, but it was so low mileage, I couldn't drive it much. And I wanted a car I could drive. And at the time, I could only afford to have one car. You know, I've had kids at home. You know, I'm working overtime. And my wife was, uh, I was about that time, she went to go to nursing school. So we needed money for nursing school. And, you know, it was uh, tough to let go of the car, but I sold it and bought a Boss 302, paid the house off, and put my wife through nursing school you oh. know it, it it's it, it helped my life but i'd have to say it's the, my most favorite mustang i've owned as far as what the car was all about Does that help yeah well then let me ask you how old were
1: you when you bought your first mustang uh 15 what were the driver's license age there <laughs> <laughs> 16
0: uh-huh. but i bought it i bought it uh, it was uh, a, a, we had uh, my dad found it got it at a good price what I did, it was an automatic, little, it was a red coupe, automatic. I wanted a stick shift. We found a wreck Mustang nearby. We bought it. I took the drivetrain and uh, mostly like the the clutch pedal, the transmission, the rear end, and I changed it over to a stick shift car. And uh, the car was all ready and all done. I did, I did probably 95% of the work with my dad, helping a little bit. He just left me do my own thing. And he helped me a little bit, and I had the car finished. By the time I was 16, I had my stick shift Mustang. I've always been a fan of stick shift. I still, most of my vehicles I have now are stick shift, and my wife loved driving stick shift, too.
1: Well, unfortunately, my age, I had to give up my uh, Shelby because it it is a manual. Uh, My knees uh, from sports are just to the part. They're just, I drive, I just drive it 30 miles, and I come home, and my knees are just basically shredded. I had to put ice packs on them. And take uh-huh. uh, take take anti uh, anti inflammatory pills for it. So I hear you. Well, then let me ask you this: Then what's I think I already know the answer to this, but which is what Mustang got? A, which one did you that got away? You wish you had back.
0: You know, a lot of people ask me that. I don't regret anything I ever sold because I did. I got rid of it at the time based on my life situation. Like the Hertz car, yeah, I, I couldn't drive it. And I didn't want to just store a car for the sake of storing a car. I, I mean, I loved, I liked every Mustang I had, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't have bought it. But I don't regret anything I ever got rid of. Now, my 69 I have now, I've had, uh, I bought a 1994. So it's coming up on 30 years I've had this one. I just like the looks of it. The Calypso Coral 69 Ball 2s I think, are such a good-looking Mustang because of the color and the blackout. It's been mine. Has a lot of history to it. You know, I I got lucky when I bought it. I don't see me ever getting rid of that one. Other than that, no, I don't regret anything. I I don't. Well, that's and that's great. I mean, that's that's
1: part of the hobby. As as you start talking about the colorful coral color, a lot of people don't know this, but the podcast room that we use, when we moved in and we started having to kind of you know upfit or change over things, the room I had painted it was school bus yellow. After you know Boss twos, huh. when when they got done with it, when when they got done painting it, I went in and looked at the room and I said, "Oh my God, what have I done?" I said, "This thing <laughs> is this thing is just so overwhelming." But then when you we put in the display cases and the frame pieces and everything, people walk in and say, "Wow, you would never think that this color would work. It really it really does a nice job." So, uh, and do you know where those car? Do you know where the Boss two colors come from? uh no i don't as i understand it and there may be those that can correct me where i'm wrong i'm 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 open to that but my understanding is that when larry shinoda was making the boss cars he did not want to use the same color palette that was being used in 1969 1970 and what have you he wanted to have a different color palette so he went around the ford 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 excuse me (laughs) plants And looked out to see what else they had that Ford produced. And, of course, people don't think about this, but, of course, well, to a degree, that Ford made tractors. And what color were the tractors? Grabber blue. They also made waste vehicles. And those were done in grabber green. They made school buses. Well, guess what color school buses were in? And so he actually (laughs) took those industrial paints and applied them to the Boss, and that's how the series of Boss colors came out, to be unique and different. So it was just basically using uh, industrial paints that uh, Ford had already been using on, on previous uh, utility type of vehicles, as they called them. So kind of a neat little side story. Uh, I've been told that, and I've been he, they swore up and down, and I actually did read it the same thing uh, one time about that myself. So, but uh, with that, I, I wanted to, if you would, though, tell uh, people where they can find the Boss Registry. Uh, hopefully, they may want to join or get more information. So, if you don't mind, let people, our listeners, know how to uh, how to find you guys.
0: Oh well, it's it's real easy on the web. It's boss302.com. Real simple address, and uh, you get to our uh, introduction page. We have a message board, and it's it's. It's hard to believe, but most people just go to our message board to find out information from other people, talk about stuff, buy, sell. We don't charge anything to be on there. I've always been a fan of uh, having stuff free. Uh, Our website find out the most uh, savvy because it's free software. People think we should charge to upgrade things, and I'm still stuck in, it's free. I just want people to be able to touch base with each other and do all that but most of the people don't look at the information we have on our main website for like uh information much like what you just described of how Larry Shinoda came up with uh, the colors we try and put information like that on our main page a lot of restoration tips you know known facts things like that how to fix this how to fix that so there's some good uh some good tech articles uh, probably not as many as but we could but uh you know we We have all that information available at boss302.com. My email address is boss302, R-E-G, short for registry, at AOL.com. And those are the two ways to get involved in a registry.
1: Very good. And and Randy, I I want to mention this, that uh, always look to the museum if there's some way that we can help promote what you're doing or some projects that you're looking to do. We're trying to help the entire community. Uh, it doesn't matter what car, what car, what color, Well as long as it's a mustang, no caprice. Right. <laughs> no caprice. but uh, anyway, uh, there's a whole story sometime I can tell you about that one. But anyway, we're here to help if we can in any way. Uh, so please feel free to use us as a source to help promote or create connections or what have you. We really are that's part of our uh, that's part of our mission, so to speak. And so, and we, and I really appreciate the work that uh, guys like yourself do because without it, I don't know if the hobby would be as strong as it is today. So thank you and I
0: appreciate you joining us today. Okay. Could I uh, make one more statement about the registry? Of course, please. Yeah. If you go to dot 2com we have a link in there uh, that you can register your car. And we'll withhold any name and address for anybody who doesn't want their name known. And that's one of the reasons why I don't put. Uh, the registered cars online because I don't want to have any accidents or, you know, somebody hack the site and the Danes uh, that get out there. And I don't care if people register a car and just don't give me their name. Just say I don't want people to know who owns this car. I just want to know about the car. The registry is all about the car, in my opinion. And uh, the owners are the t- caretakers, but I'm more interested in the car than the owner.
1: I, I, I cannot, I cannot agree with you more. It's all about the cars. And then from that, we make a lot of great associations because we make a lot of friends with the owners. And so I totally, totally understand where you're coming from. So, but again, thank you. And, uh, well, I'm sure we'll stay in touch. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you, Randy. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another episode of the Mustang Owners Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any episodes. For more information on the museum, please go to mustangownersmuseum.com and you'll find additional information on upcoming events.